So it's always important to connect whatever the readings are given, even if one of them is from hundreds of years before the other one, there is always in a, a Jewish way of thinking, they call it stringing a necklace of pearls, that you have one pearl that's beautiful on its own, such as the Maccabees, and then you have another pearl, the responsorial psalm, and then you have another pearl, the gospel, and they all are connected, and the beautiful way is to see, Holy Spirit, how have you given the church this call to put these ones together on this day? So that's a great thing to do whenever you're getting ready for Mass, is to look over the readings and just ask the question, how are these readings, which maybe might be, these ones are very apparent that how connected they are, but how are they somehow connected because the Holy Spirit is going to teach us something through that. So we have really the story of a dedication of the altar, a purifying from the desecration that happened when the Greek army of Alexander the Great and then one of his generals, Antiochus, is the one who now is ruling over this area of uh, of Israel. He's coming in with his armies. He's trying to make everyone forsake the ways of their forefathers, of the, the Torah, of the Old Covenant, and they're trying to, in a sense, make them uh, Gentile, make them, in a sense, reject the, the law of Moses. And so the Maccabees are the ones who become these freedom fighters. They're sort of like the, the William Wallace of the Bible, very much that fighting for religious liberty. And they have defeated the Greek army in this miraculous battle. And now this fellow Judas Maccabees, it's not Judas Iscariot, it's another guy, but this fellow Judas Maccabees and his brothers, they say, now that we've beaten back this enemy, the enemy has destroyed and desecrated they, they put like this giant image of Zeus like right on the temple, of, uh, right on the altar of the Holy of Holies. And they were putting all sorts of things there. They defiled it. They, they put the blood of all sorts of things there in order to just make it um, impure. And so the people of Israel, now that they have their temple back, they're, they're cleaning it up. They're rededicating it. And now this is the day in which they're celebrating for these eight days. This is where we get the octave from. So we think of like the divine mercy octave you celebrate for eight days. Well, it's a biblical thing right from the Jewish people as well. And the feast that they're celebrating, believe it or not, is the feast of Hanukkah. So you know the menorah that has the eight candles? Guess where it's from? It's from the eight days of celebrating the rededication of the temple in the book of Maccabees. So it's, it's beautiful to, to see some of this, this backstory that help us understand our, our own Catholic faith. So they have this powerful rededication. What does Jesus do when Jesus comes? Remember, everything in the Old Testament is going to be something that's pointing to a fulfillment in the New Testament. Jesus fulfills everything in the Torah, and everything in the temple and all the feast days of the people of Israel. So that's also a fun thing to do. If you want to go between New Testament and Old Testament, the Gospels, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, 
you'll always see that Jesus is going to fulfill everything that the people of Israel were given in the old covenant. So what is he doing here? He's going into the temple and he's purifying it. He's rededicating it. And you don't see it here, but in another part of, I believe it's the Gospel of John, he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the people are like, wait, this took years and years and years and you can build it in three days? And then it says there, he was talking about the temple of his body. So that's the powerful thing, is when Jesus is coming into the, stru- the stone structure of the temple, and he's purifying it, saying, my house shall be a house of prayer. And in another part of scripture, it says, for all peoples. And we'll talk about that in a second. But you've made it a den of thieves. And so Jesus in coming into humanity, is wanting to heal humanity right at the very center, which is really the heart, the place beneath all of our psychology, all of our psychic drives, everything that's there, you go deeper and deeper to the very core of the person. And in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, this is the place of covenant. This is the place in which we are alone with God and we say yes to him, or we say no. It's that deep holy of holies within each of our hearts. And even the the founder of the Marians, um, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, his image is right over here, he has this beautiful work that he calls the mystical temple of God, Templum Dei Mysticum. And he says, if our body and our life is like the temple is a church, then the altar of sacrifice is right our heart. And we need to keep that holy and pure so that we can give everything back to the one who gave all for us. So let's go back now to what Jesus is doing in purifying this temple. Now, he's saying, it says here, he's driving out those who are selling things. Now, if you look at the old temple, you have these different courts, and you have different people who were able to go to different parts of that area to worship. So you have the people in particular, the the Jewish people, the Jewish men in particular, are in some of the, the, the core center area. But as you go out, you have the women, and then you have children, but then you have the outer court, which is the place where the God-fearing Gentiles can worship. These are Gentiles that are not part of the covenant, but they're seeking God. They're recognizing that he's the true God of the world, and they're, they're giving their heart to the best that they can. Again, they're not, they haven't entered into the covenant. They haven't been circumcised, or they're not necessarily living some of those things, but they're doing their best. Guess where all the animals during this particular time were placed and Jesus is driving them out? It's actually, they were put in the outer court of the Gentiles. So just imagine what that statement is saying. It was actually during a time in which the people of Israel were falling into an unhealthy kind of nationalism saying, we are the chosen people. 
all of you will be kind of second-class citizens, you Gentiles there. And they started to just put all the money changers and all the animals in the very place where the Gentiles are trying to worship God. So imagine you're trying to worship God and there's a cow that's, that's getting in the way. There's sheep, there's rams, there's all these different things. You're trying to pray and you're getting pushed out of the way because all the marketplace is going on. It's sending a message that you Gentiles are not really that important. So what is Jesus doing? He's going into that place. Those that are left out on the peripheries, those who are the ones that the, the religious society is saying, you don't really matter that much. And Jesus is going right there saying, my house shall be a house of prayer for all peoples. And he's actually quoting a part in the Old Testament that's saying, I'm gonna bring all the nations and they're not just going to be second-class citizens, but all of you will be brothers and sisters in the same family. That's what Jesus is doing right here. And so the body that is his temple is the church. And all of us here, unless we, we have Jewish blood ourselves, we are part of the Gentile people that have maybe have been waiting in the outer court and Jesus Christ, through his blood, goes into that area saying, you are no longer second-class citizen. Just like Paul would say, there is no distinction. All of you are children of the Father. And that's the call that we are called to as the mystical body of Christ. When we receive the Eucharist, we need to allow the Lord to go in and rid our heart and our life of all of these other things that are trying to get in the way of that deep worship from the heart. But then we're called to go out and help bring our lost brothers and sisters who maybe don't even realize that they're part of the family. Maybe they have a spiritual amnesia and they are walking around the streets and they're seeing things that remind them of something, but they don't know how to get home. And the Lord is saying, go find them. Remind them that they're your brother and sister. Remind them that they have a place home with the Father. And Jesus wants all of them home. And so how do we live our life? Is it one that's saying, you're my family member, and I want you home with me, with our Heavenly Father, or are we saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like all these other people here. They can stay out in the outer court. Are we truly having that humility and that mercy that's reaching out saying, Jesus Christ has made a place for you. In my father's house, there are many, many rooms. And there is a place for each person. No one is outside of God's mercy. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to send forth his warmth, that fragrance of the home cooking back at home, back at Father's house, so that our brothers and sisters who are lost and broken and cold and afraid on the peripheries, that Jesus Christ came to clear a space for them, just like he did for us. And he's saying, go out and be that fragrance that brings them home.
Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.